Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. All very excited. Um, look, there's a very brief cameo from me. You're all here to, to listen to our uh, esteemed speakers, but uh, welcome to the Sustainability Learning um, Theatre. Uh, my name's Ian Bottrell. I'm Division President at JLL. Um, and a little plug for us at JLL. We uh, take response, are very proud of, and take our responsibility for sustainable approach in all that we do uh, while working to shape the future of real estate. Um, so, we are very pleased to sponsor the Sustainability Learning Theatre. And now it is my pleasure to introduce Maggie Robinson, um, v Vice President of Strategic Accounts West Coast at Shore Industries, and Christine Vandover, um, who's Principal and Senior Project Interior Designer at HOK, who will be speaking to us today about a new project phase, Circular Interior Design. Over to you too. So we're excited to talk to you today about circular interior design and the idea of a new project phase. And this is a really, you know, exciting time in our industry where we can really see big changes happening. And this is um, really sustainability is kind of pushing us to innovate. And so I think that's something just interesting to think about. Um, at HOK, we really look at sustainability holistically, so we're looking at human health, climate change, and social equity. And, uh, you know, we're tracking lead projects, LPD, um, we're, we're working on the AIA 2030 challenge. Uh, we've been doing that for a while. But this is really about also tracking the impact of materials and products that interior designers specify on their projects, because we realized that um, with LEED certification, you really only need, they only ask you to track 20 projects. And our projects typically have 350 to 400 materials that we're specifying and coordinating. So we realize that we can really have a way bigger impact um, on the choices that we're making. And so we're looking at things that are not only beautiful and durable, but sustainable and also moving to circular design, which is thinking about reused or refurbished products. And we've worked really hard on this uh, materials tracking initiative at HOK that we're doing firm-wide with all of our offices. And we're, we've kind of embedded uh, materials tracking process into our project process. So we do it as part of our documentation. And this is regardless of whether the project is lead or well, um, we're doing this. And we, we thought it was really important to track and measure how we're doing, which is something that manufacturers do all the time. And so we wanted to kind of take a look at that. And so this, is, this slide looks very simple, but this actually took us a long time to work out. Uh, we started in 2019 and you know, I'm lead certified, I've worked on a lot of lead projects, but I'm like, oh my God, all these like different certifications, they're driving me crazy, and it's like really confusing, which one is for which, so we need a framework. And so, this is what we came up with. And on Embody Carbon, we're tracking EPDs and the global warming potential of each project, or each product that we specify. And then for green chemistry, we're looking at third-party certifications. So. That's around material health, like declare, cradle to cradle, um, living building challenge, those types of things. And then we're also tracking VOCs, volatile organic compounds. And then for sustainable sourcing, that's where we're looking at pre and post recycled content and also FSC wood. 
And now we're starting to talk about circularity. So this is kind of like the next frontier that we need to all be getting to. Uh, and we shared this framework and our process with multiple manufacturers. So we had individual meetings with Shaw and others. Um, and we met with not only the sustainability VPs, but we met with sales and marketing. Because um, it was important for us to make this very easy for designers to track. So we wanted to make sure that all the information that we're trying to collect is really easy to find on the manufacturer's website. So we were able to give them feedback, tell them what our goals were, and then in, change, or in turn, you guys told us about what your goals were, and we really opened up this dialogue. It was really valuable. And this is an example of how we're doing. So this was our, our beta year was 2021. And we set some targets here. And you can see on the right what our results were. So we did pretty good. A lot of them we, we surpassed what the goal was. But a few of them we were a little bit lower on. So we've learned like for FSC certified wood that sometimes there's regional differences that make that a little more difficult. So we might not ever be able to quite get to 100%, but we can get really close to it. And low emitting certifications is something that we want to try to bump up next year. So we're excited to see more data on that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so what did we learn from all this? It was huge to have HOK collaborate with us because we were able to create some really exciting tools to make designing for circularity way easier. So we created a sustainability report card that goes through all of the things that Christine listed. It shows the embodied carbon score of the product, the material health certifications the product has, the recycled content. Previously, you'd have to dig through and see if you have the right EPD. You may or may not have the right EPD for the product. You might not be looking at the right specification to find out the, the correct certifications. So now this comes with every one of our products when you order a sample so that you can easily specify for circularity. So why is all of this so, so important? Our industry, we create 160 million tons of construction waste every single year. 160 million tons, that's a lot, right? Um, that we're just throwing into a landfill. And because we're consuming and throwing out, instead of consuming and recycling, we're constantly pulling raw materials from the earth. <laughs> um, and in order to have a better circular economy and lower embodied carbon impact, we need to eliminate that, there we go, uh, the extraction of raw materials, because 60% of the carbon impact of your product comes from the extraction of the raw material, materials from the earth. So if you're creating products for circularity, designing products for circularity, you are eliminating 60% of the embodied carbon of the product. That's huge. I know a lot of you are doing ESG reporting, so you really need to be recording and looking at the embodied carbon of the products. So what are the steps for specifying and um, creating products for circularity? So when you're trying to recycle a product, you need to be able to identify what the product is. So at Shaw, we've tried to make that super simple. You literally turn over the carpet, and it says, to recycle me, call this 1-800 number. <laughs> um, we've come up with a few other tools that I'll share a little bit later. But identifying the product is the first step. Um, specifying for circularity. 
We've written a generic recycling specification you can use for any manufacturer. We're willing to share that with all of you. Just reach out to me and I'll get it to you. Uh, the GC needs to know when he's bidding the project that you want to recycle the product. So you can't think about it right before you want to throw it out, like the day before you rip it out. Oh, we should recycle this. It needs to be at the beginning of the process. So the GC can correctly bid that, tell his demo subs what to do. To recycle carpet, you really um, we ask that you palletize it. So there is a little bit, a step in the process that needs to be bid by the GC. Um, after that, introductions. So introductions come from HOK to the GC and to Shaw so that we can collaborate and um, coordinate the recycling of the material. So it's really important to have your A&D partner coordinating all that and making the connections for you. After that, execute. We take care of that. We will pick up our material anywhere globally at no cost to you. So we take care of the execution and we report back to you. So I had talked about a few other tools we came up with to help you identify the carpet. Thankfully, we work with Salesforce. They are our CRM, so we have really, really great data. It goes back about 10 years. So we've been trying to proactively go to our customers and say, hey, we know in North Carolina, you specified this carpet tile. It went down 10 years ago, and we want to know what your plan is. Are you guys going to be recycling it soon? We'd love to get it back. We'll even show you the impact of recycling that material in this report so that you have an idea of what kind of environmental impact that'll have. And on to the certification part. So once you recycle with us, we'll tell you the exact environmental impact that recycling process had. Um, why is this important? You need this for your ESG reporting. Also, we'll do today and tomorrow. So the carbon impact today of the purchase and tomorrow when you recycle the material. And I think this is where um that information's super useful for us, but we also need to kind of change our mindset on how we're approaching interior design and interior spaces. So this is really thinking about what our process is when we start the design phase and we start selecting materials. Is first of all, think about can you actually use less materials on the project? That can have a big impact on embodied carbon, and you're just producing less materials. So then you have less materials to get rid of later. And are there materials that can be reused or repurposed? Or can you outsource reuse um, or specify products where there's a very high percentage of recycled content? So these are all things that we need to all be thinking about um, because they all affect embodied carbon, green chemistry, and the recycled content of materials. And so this is kind of where the news phase for interiors, this is what we came up with Shaw. We were actually having uh, our talk about this and we kind of came up with this idea, like actually there should be like a new phase. And this is really how you can implement interior design or circular design on your project. So once you get the project and you're doing your like field verification or you're going to the site before any demo is done, that's ideally where you want to go and take a look at what's there. And we developed a, a checklist. And so this is where you can actually identify what the assets are that are in the space. So are there elements that are, you know, maybe are really unique and they can be relocated somewhere else or there's something that's really great about the building but the rest of it's outdated that you can just keep it in place? Or are there like downlights that maybe you don't need to throw out, 
you know, because they're a year old, maybe you can keep those. So just trying to be um, really thoughtful about what's in the space and uh, as a designer, thinking about how can I actually repurpose this but still keep it looking fresh. And that might also include taking photos of what you see while you're there so that you have that information and also taking measurements so that when you start design, you can you can use that. And then there's also evaluating the opportunities and the constraints of, of reuse. So you have to balance that with a project budget and talking with the GC because maybe it's really difficult to take something apart. Um, or if you take it apart, it's going to break. So you have to kind of consider all of those things. So we're starting to take a look at this and then I think this is really exciting. There's a lot of innovation happening in, in, the, in the industry right now, and there's way more opportunity. It's happening in the fashion industry with vintage clothing become, becoming very popular, and I think for our homes, but how can we move that into commercial design also, right? And so there's things like the Shaw bottle floor where it's made from a high uh, percentage of recycled plastic bottles, so that's a great product to use. There's also doors unhinged where you can actually um, purchase used hardware and doors. They have all different kinds of glass doors, wood doors, different veneers. And there's also a company called Heirloom Design where they take kind of studio quality furniture and refinish it if necessary, but they also barcode it and it has a story of where that piece of furniture has been throughout its history. So it's kind of tying story to the design. Um, and then Koyuchi is interesting. This is in the residential market, but they're actually, you can um, send your used Koyuchi sheets back to them and they will refurbish them, repair them, and sell them for half the price, or they will tear them apart and kind of make new products with them. So I think that's uh, an area in interiors where we'll probably start to see more and more innovation in that area. And then this is a really beautiful project that our um, HOK Hospitality Group did. And I think it's like one of the best examples that we have of what circular interior design can be. But you can see the before image. There's kind of all this really busy, crazy stone. But I'm sure it was imported from somewhere in Italy. And it's very valuable. And so like, hey, how can we keep that but like freshen up the space because it looks dated? And on the right, you can really see where they added the fresh paint and like dark contrasts and the blues and it, it all works together more beautifully than it even did before. Um, so I think that's just a really great example. We're also doing a lot of like, um, I think one of our London projects is using a lot of reused furniture, yeah. Uh, so this is just kind of, we have a couple questions here to get some dialogue going, but we just wanted to think about the statement for all of you is that your company's future viability will track with your action on sustainability. So I think all of us um, need to take responsibility day to day in our work and think about the number of projects that you're designing or producing or building and how that's impacting um, sustainability on our planet. Do you guys have any questions? Or should we ask you questions? Yeah. <laughs> Good. Thanks. Uh, um, uh, hybrid. Um, a lot of the focus on sustainability is all about the building, the destination that people aren't going to at the moment. Um, I'm sorry. But where we want them to come. 
Uh, but obviously we have a sustainability responsibility as far as our employees that are working remotely. We can't ignore the carbon that they are actually uh, using as well. So the question I have, is anyone looking at total sustainability and circularity in a hybrid world where, you know, as a corporate employer, we have responsibility for the carbon footprint we have, whether people are working remotely or whether they're working in the office? to that point of tracking that, but it's a great idea. Yeah. Oh, it's Kate. Are you tracking it? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, but no, but I think it's a great, I mean, you're saving carbon by those people not traveling to work. So there's a savings there. Yeah. 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 That's a good point. It's good. Good to think about the future. Anyone else have any questions? Yeah. No, I would say we're driving it. So, you know, I mean, it's interesting because I think we started talking about this in 2019 and being like, hey, this is COVID situation and we need to innovate. What, we, what can we do like to innovate? Is it our process? What is it? And we were like, hey, the way to innovation is through sustainability. That's really the gist of it and that's kind of what got us here um, but we've kind of just been doing it we're just doing it on all projects and tracking these materials regardless so it's about educating our own designers and getting all of them you know as a design professional to like up level our own knowledge on this because you know we talked about that our clients are starting to talk about it. Like I think around 2019, 2020 is when the ESG reporting and all of that was happening. And we had um, a big client, Dentsu, that actually was doing a carbon workshop. And we were like, yes, that's great. Cause it's like, we're kind of like, that's what we're talking about too. So I think that is happening more and more. Um, but I think we're still kind of pushing it. Oh yeah. We are totally getting asked that by, as a manufacturer, all end users are, end users are asking us that. Um, in particular, like Microsoft, they want to know the embodied carbon of every product during all their RFPs. Um, Amazon, all, all the big end use customers, they care about it and they want to know. And ESG reporting is really important. So every uh, QBR, quarterly business review I do, includes ESG statistics and reporting back. So, and that's, I'd say for the past three years, that's been really important. Anything else? Oh. I'm going to give you this. So I'm just curious, as far as you were talking about identifying products, manufacturers, et cetera, um, in the start of your phase phases, uh, do you have some kind of a matrix that you're coming up with and or are you sharing um, what you're doing here with different manufacturers that you want to work with? They might not have these standards as of yet, but are interested. Are you, are you, is there anything you can share as far as that goes? Thank you. That's where we've had um, 25 or 30 different meetings with manufacturers. So I don't know if you're a manufacturer, but I can totally have a meeting with you. <laughs> oh yeah, we. I think we met with Bernhardt. Yeah. So it just depends. We're trying. We're meeting. We're trying to meet at like um, the VP level, and it's that marketing person. It's the sustainability VP and the. Um, Sales, yeah, and whoever's in charge of the website, we have to, we ask we like to have them there. So, and we're actually I'm I'm, I'm from New York, I'm in New York, but we're actually going to have a um, 
IIDA session around this too, because this is one thing we found when I was starting out on trying to figure out what is our framework, what is this initiative, how are we tracking it? It was really hard when I reached out to other designers because I was just like, hey, are you tracking this stuff? Because I can't, I'm not really like understanding how people are tracking it. I, I really, I don't know if either no one was tracking it or they just had no information or didn't want to share it. And so I think that's something that we thought if we need to get ahead, we have to be able to share and we all have to like learn and this and it's only going to like benefit all of us. So yeah, so we can. Yeah, I mean, I, the framework is, I mean, it's not like we didn't, we didn't make up the, what we're doing. Like EPDs have been around, HPDs are how you track the material health. We just tried to organize it in a way that was more understandable and simpler. And, you know, we even had, we've had a lot of sales reps also sit in these manufacturer meetings, and it really helps them too, because it's confusing with all of these different terminology and the certifications. So, yeah, but. Yeah, we can definitely have a meeting. Yeah. Another question? Thank you. Um, is an eventual goal to lobby government and legislation so that this is this kind of tracking is um, mandatory? Is that something that's being considered or It's a good idea. We have people involved with the government, Annika and our DC office. We could always put it up there. But um, I think for now, it's just whatever steps you can take on your projects, is that's kind of how we're approaching it. And it's gonna, it'll probably happen eventually. So we just need to all kind of start taking our small steps to get there. Yeah. Hi, I'm Jacqueline with the Well Building Institute. And what I love about this is the transparency behind it. I mean, a number of years ago when I did um, commercial projects in New York, you could, you would require the contractor to, the demo had to be 75% or whatever recycled. <clears throat> and they were, gave you a report from their waste hauler or whatever, and there was never any information. Um, and so what this does is it, it gives us the real, the real numbers and the real data behind it. So kudos to you all. things that Maggie and Tim and I talked about that it's hard like how that was one of our questions here um, is actually like have you ever confirmed even though we put it in our specs all the time to recycle the carpet is it really we don't really know because we don't follow up on it like we're kind of like it's in there we expect that that that's the contractor's job so I think that's like something that as a designer how can we make that happen you know and I think making sure it goes back to the right manufacturer. Because you might have, like, you know, a flooring manufacturer, they'll say, sure, we'll recycle everything that's on there, but they do waste to energy. They don't do, you know, get it back to the right manufacturer for, for full closed loop recycling. I think one thing that's cool is that because the carpet is now raw material for new carpet, that's going to, like, incentivize everyone to, like, collect it. I think that's what was interesting when we had our meeting with Shaw, that we were like, oh, my gosh, that's so cool that you guys are tracking all of these projects. You're like, hey, that project, it's been, like, seven years. It's probably time for them to have new carpet. Let's go see if they're ready and collect the old carpet. But you'll also help us, um, if it's not Shaw and it's another manufacturer, you'll still help us hook up with another uh, demo contractor to get it taken care of. 
Yeah, all the manufacturers do talk, so we can we can get it over to the right person to make sure it's recycled correctly. That's a commitment that we make to you guys. Totally. Any other questions? We're like way over time, but we can totally nobody's pulled us off the little stage yet, so <laughs> All right, thank you guys.